Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by that crappy ass Game 4 shutout game. The Warriors were supposed to make it happen and sweep the Spurs, and instead we go into this horrible hero ball, fourth quarter, iso ball, bull-ish. We're going to talk about it on this Goldcast, but before we talk about that, Raymond, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can like us at facebook.com slash the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same name, the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, comment. We'd love to hear from you. We do our best to shout out back. Boom. There it is. Okay, so I've got a great question for you, Ray. And for the whole Goldcast Nation, the 49er faithful, I'm going to give everybody that listens the ultimate question. And I'm going to raise a couple different variables. There is no right answer. I want to know what you guys think is the right answer. And the question, I'm going to give you the question first. The question first, but I haven't given you the variables yet, so you got to wait. The question first is, who would you draft if you were the GM for the San Francisco 49ers next week, first round. Who would you draft? And if any of you say a running back or a wide receiver, I swear to God, I would have no interest in talking to you. Just right now. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Stop right there. Do not just don't tell me that you're you're a hardcore football fan. Stop right there. Do not tell me you're oh running back or a wide receiver. Just out the gate. Am I right on that, Ray? Am I right on that? Am I justified in saying that? Yeah, I think it's got to be defense okay. again. So, got to be. All right. So, all right, well, okay. Well, you're, you're tipping your hand just a little bit. I'm going to give you guys a couple of variables. Then we're going to talk about Warriors, Spurs, and then a little bit of talk about the Giants. But first, you know, the Gold Cast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Let's go! We're back. Oh, man. The draft, brother, the draft is upon us. Are you ready? Are you ready for this draft? Uh, Yeah, next Thursday. Less than a week away. Let's go. Let's go. You know, the the schedule came out for the year. And there was only one. There was only one team that I was interested in playing. And that first game against that team comes up week 7, October 21st. I already have it memorized. In San Francisco against the Los Angeles Rams. And if it were up to me, that'd be the first game of the year. Now, we Santa Claus did come early, and he, he did give us the second game, which is the last game of the year in L.A., which, as all my Goldcast Nation knows, I will be here, and I will be at that game. Last year, the literally the ratio was 3-1 to one in favor of the 49ers, so let's go. Uh, I would rather play them first, but... Raymond, 
let me know what do you think so all right we're starting out week seven all right we got to go through six weeks and it's a pretty stacked schedule we're playing aaron Rodgers. We're playing the Raiders. Who cares about them? Then we're playing Seattle at the end of the year in twice in a span of three weeks. I want to I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about the new schedule? And then we're going to get into the draft. I think it's fine. It doesn't it's, it's you know, we have five primetime prime slots this year, which, of course, the Niners should get the maximum allowable slots of primetime coverage, not only because of who we are, in the NFL, but also because of, you know, who we're becoming, you know, in light of Jimmy G mainly because it's a quarterback driven league or I should say quarterback focused league in terms of star, you know, star power. So we definitely have that in Jimmy Garoppolo. And so naturally, I think the league, you know, made sure that we had the maximum amount of exposure for uh, the best, you know, the best time games in the, in the league. So I, I like who we're playing this year. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me. I'm not, not really excited or, or not, not ex- or unexcited about anything. I'm just kind of ready to get going at this point. So I'm like, I uh, definitely want to prove ourselves against the Rams since they seem to be the primary rival in this new era of 49ers football. So Seahawks are on their way out. I imagine we'll actually beat them this year for a change. So I think that'll be exciting. But we'll not beat them because we're the better team. We'll, we'll beat them because they just, you know, they suck and they don't have anybody. Versus just kind of outclassing them, which is kind of what it, what it used to be in the Harbaugh era. It was like either the best of the best. Who's going who's gonna to outclass the best of the best? And, you know, we kind of came up on the short end of the stick in the latter half of that of the Harbaugh era. But it doesn't matter. You know, win's a win at the end of the day. So either way, I'm happy. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be happy when we beat the Seahawks this year because it's definitely going to happen. So I, I vehemently disagree with you on, on one particular statement that you said. It is we are going to win not because the Seattle Seahawks suck. It's because the 49ers are that good. We're that good now. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Sorry, Seattle. This is cyclical. Your time is up. And guess what? You know what, Ray? You know, I notice a trend going on in the NFC West. It is always the new rivalry is always... Some team in the NFC West versus the San Francisco 49ers. It's never anybody else against each other. It's never go, oh, the new rivalry is Seattle versus LA or Arizona versus Seattle. No, it's always the San Francisco 49ers versus somebody else. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. Yes, because that's that is NFL law. That that is NFL natural law. <laughs> As it as it resides in the NFC West, there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing I want to do about it. Um, it's just the way it's just the way things are in the NFC West. So, sorry, sorry, folks. That's just uh, don't you know? Don't shoot the messenger. It's just the way things how things are. <laughs> don't hate the player. Hate the game. <laughs> yes. Uh, if if there's gonna be a rivalry in the NFC West. Goldcast Nation, it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers against somebody else. It is never going to be anybody else versus anybody else. The first team in that rivalry will always be the San Francisco 49ers. That's just a fact. As Raymond said, that is just the natural NFL law. All right, Raymond. 
So let's get into this NFL draft question. I'm going to pose a question, and I want to hear what the whole Goldcast Nation thinks about this. I want, I, I better see a YouTube thread like no other breaking down this because I'm going to drop a lot of variables, and I just I just want to see where Goldcast Nation is. Like I said, if you think we should be drafting a running back or a wide receiver, you're done. Get out of here. Go to, go to a different 49er podcast. This is not the podcast for you. Okay? So... There are three names. There are three names that have been floated around as the three top players, the three top prospects that the 49ers want to draft. Number one, Quentin Nelson. No one thinks he's going to be there. Most people think the Giants were going to get him, although lately they're saying the Giants aren't going to get him. Quentin Nelson, the guard out of Notre Dame. Roquan Smith, linebacker out of Georgia. Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker out of Virginia. So here's the question I pose to the whole Gold Cast Nation, including my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I. So the question is this. You are the GM of the San Francisco 49ers. You have full control. And the ninth pick in the draft comes up. And guess what? All three players are available. Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, all available. Now let's talk about the variables. The Los Angeles Rams, who we, everybody, we, we, we already were talking about them, everybody considers to easily be the greatest threat to the entire hierarchy of the NFC West and arguably the entire NFL. They had a tremendous offseason and they primarily focused on stocking up their defense. They also gave away two Two picks, including a first-round draft pick for Brandon Cooks. We only gave away one pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Second-round pick, but I digress. So they stocked up their defense. We are most vulnerable at the guard position in San Francisco. We have an opportunity to pick up Quentin Nelson, who is widely considered to be the number one guard, the number one offensive line player in the draft. Do I know this firsthand? No. You know why? Because I don't watch college. Who gives a shit about college? I like watching men play. I'm not interested in the amateurs. That's a, that's a hot take. That's a, a take for another day. So next, but at the same time, the Los Angeles Rams have bulked up their defense. Clearly, in, in free agency, their number one focus was to bulk up the defense. Marcus Peters, Akib Tlaib, Adamica Sue. I don't even know if I can ever say that guy's name right. And, and, and I just like let my tongue like fall down like three flights of stairs. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. So maybe the play there is now that, I mean, we can, I think we can clearly confidently assume that Reuben Foster will not be here. And, and even if he is going to be here, he For can't be trusted. He kind of seems like, for more than half the season. I mean, he literally, Raymond, he he's kind of like this era's Alden Smith minus the accolades. So we can't trust him. And and I think as a as a fan base, we've already learned not to trust players like that. So here we go. So now we're in a position. You're in a position here where you have a choice. You have a choice. You are the GM of the San Francisco 49ers. Congratulations. You're the GM. And you have an opportunity to either 
stock up or are most vulnerable to protect Jimmy G from that crazy defense that so far only exists on paper. Or, or, or you address the biggest hole in our defense, which is linebacker, and you get you get a replacement for Reuben Foster, which is either Roquan Smith or Tremaine Edmonds. I apologize if I'm getting the names wrong. They're spelled kind of funky. So, Raymond, I ask you, I, I have now, I want to preface this for the whole Gold Cast Nation. I told Raymond ahead of time I was not going to tell him the parameters of this question until I dropped the question because I wanted to lay out all the scenarios for him. We get a guard that shores up the most vulnerable part on the offensive line to go against what might be the nastiest defense in the NFL or or we address what arguably is going to be the biggest hole in our defense which is linebacker, and we go out and we get the best linebacker in the draft. Raymond, you're on the board. You're on the clock. What do you do? You're the GM. I think you get Quentin Nelson. And the reason why I say that is because oh. you, you just pay, you just made, with the exception of Kirk Cousins' contract, Jimmy G, you know, was the highest paid quarterback up until Kirk Cousins contract. So either way, he's still the most the highest paid asset on the team that you just invested into for five years. So I think it makes sense that if all three of those players are available at nine, then you get the player that can help, you know, help that asset, you know, thrive more and also give him sustain his uh, his health. Okay, so let me let me stop you right there. Now, right before right before we went into the intro for the Goldcast, you said defense was where you were going first. What changed your mind between that point and this point? Was there something I said? And I'm just asking. I'm not being facetious. I'm genuinely asking. I'm saying, what happened? But you said defense first. Then I lay the whole scenario out for you, like all the different variables that that I'm seeing. So what about that conversation changed your mind from offense to defense and why? Because you said all three players were available. So when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, if all three players are available, I think you go offensive line. Because it was a sore spot last year. And even though Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, throwing speed is very, very good, and it's one of the reasons why our sack, the sack, it's probably the main reason why our sack count went down in the latter, once he took over in the latter quarter of the season. Even despite that, the NFL is the NFL. People are going to catch up. They're going to watch tape. They're going to learn his timing and try to adjust to it. That's what the NFL does. And they can do that not only on, uh, you know, they can, it doesn't take, you know, it only takes a season for the league to catch up to you. And in a lot of other cases, especially in your own division, it can it can only take weeks for a team to catch up to you. So in that regard, I think the countermeasure would be to just simply play better at the guard position, at the position where you are yielding the most sacks. So we already we already took a step in the right direction by getting a far better center. So that's going to shore up a portion of the interior line, which is great. That's really good. You know, you someone could even make the argument that, hey, we got a center, so we've already got the most important, you know, the most important interior piece in place right now that is young and is signed to a good contract. So 
you might be able to take that risk in getting the linebacker since we've already addressed part of that issue in free agency. I could see that argument too at the same time. Um, I think because the importance of the quarterback position and considering the the investment that we made into him, I think that that makes the most sense. That's not to say that you can't, it's not like you can't get a defensive player in the second round or the third round, um, but I think it changes things if all three players are available. If Quentin Nelson was not available and we were just talking about, hey, who's, whoever's left, you know, is, is then like, you know, it's kind of a toss up because I think Rokon Smith, Rokon Smith and Tremaine Edmonds both have comparable speed. I would, I think there's a slight edge by like, you know, three tenths of a second for Roquan Smith, but it's, you know, that's nothing, you know, he's, he's a little bit on the smaller side, but his instincts are better. Whereas Tremaine Edmonds is, has better size. So you would, you couldn't go wrong with picking, picking either one of them if it came down to it. So it's just a matter of like, which one is more important that fits in our scheme. Cause I think Tremaine Edmonds would be a better fit because he's more versatile. Although Rokon Smith also p- plays sideline to sidelines in a similar fashion that Ruben Foster does. So it's, it's, it's a toss up with those two guys. Cause I think I'd be happy with either pick, but if all three guys are available again, I think it's, I almost think it's a no brainer to go with Quentin Nelson. He's not only is he the best, best lineman in the draft. Some people consider him the best player in the entire draft. Yup. Okay. 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 Very good. Very good. All right, Raymond. So you, you mentioned something. So I'm going to drop this conundrum on you and I'm going to see if this changes your decision. You mentioned that Jimmy G, Jimmy G made that horrible offensive line last year look good because his relief is so fast and his average is like 12 yards a pass, which is the average you want, right? The average, if you're, if you're a GM looking at a quarterback, you want the average to be beyond 10 yards. If it's below 10 yards, there's trouble. If it's beyond 10 yards, you're good. So, Raymond, we short up the center. We have two great tackles. And we have a quarterback that has one of the fastest releases in the game. And he's averaging 12 yards a pass. Why wouldn't we go get that linebacker? Because that is a glaring hole. I wouldn't say the guards are glaring holes. I would say they're holes, but... Maybe not as glaring. We don't have a Jimmy Garoppolo on the defensive side. We don't have that. Bowman's gone. Willis is gone. Alan Smith is drunken in jail somewhere. So we don't have <laughs> He's that. He's been gone. Oh, my God. That poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I know. know if I, it was I don't just know if I should news, go bad so, from yeah, at this sorry. point. Just, uh, just a fuck up. I, I don't. I Well, no, I do. I do. Uh, on a tangent, on a really quick tangent, I think Alden Smith has deep-seated issues that go extend far beyond football. I don't think it, any of it has to do with him being like ghetto or rough around the edges or blah, blah, blah. No, I think he has like really deep-seated issues. And I think all the things that you're seeing him do is him acting out, and I think it's a cry for help. And I feel really bad for Alden Smith. And I hope he goes to therapy and gets a psychiatrist or something. I hope he gets emotional help and he heals himself because that kid is in a dark, dark place. And I think goes far beyond football, far beyond just being, you know, a I don't know, a rough street kid. And that's my my personal take on that. It's nothing to do with it. Let's get back to something more positive. So 
So what do you think when I say that? Where we got Jimmy G on the offensive side. He has one of the fastest releases in the game, which you talked about. He made that terrible offensive line last year look good. Now we've actually bulked it up with a great center. Our tackles are coming back. So we don't have a Jimmy G on the defensive side. We don't have a leader on the defensive side. Bowman is gone. Bowman was the closest thing we had. He's gone. He's gone. And Reuben Foster, who we were hoping was going to be the future, he's gone too. I mean, come on. Uh, Goldcast Nation, 49er faithful. Hey, guess what? Reuben Foster's gone. Let it go. It's not going to happen. I'm just telling you straight. Hey, this is my hot take. Hey, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. He's gone. So, Raymond, so, Raymond, does my saying that change your decision in any way, shape, or form? And I'm not saying it to sway you. I'm literally just laying out the cards because you're the greatest fanalist in the game. So, I, in my opinion, I don't know a fanalist better than my brother Ray. That's why he's my co-host on this podcast. He's the best in the game. So, Raymond, I'm just dropping all the things I see in an effort to see your reaction because I'm gonna, I'm always gonna trust your opinion even over my own opinion. So, what do you say to that? Where I go, okay, well, look, but look what Jimmy G did with that shitty ass line. He's got a great center now. We don't have a Jimmy G on the defensive side. We don't. We're leaderless on the defensive side. We're going against it. Who's gonna stop Gurley? Let's go back to the LA Rams. So, who's gonna stop Gurley? So, we're talking about getting Quentin Nelson to stop that monstrous defense that the LA Rams have put together during the offseason. What about the L.A. offense? Who's going to stop Gurley? We got to talk about Jared Goff, Cooper Cup. Who's going to stop these kids? So what about drafting possibly the best linebacker in the draft to stop Gurley, to get at Jared Goff? You know, to, to, to make it hard to throw to Cooper Cup. So what do you say to that? What's your thoughts to that that I just posed? I want to hear what you think. Well, it's it's a similar to the counter argument I presented because we did get a center and, you know, you could say that, hey, you know, our interior is actually improved with the center. So why not, you know, take that into consideration and go for defense with everything that's happening with Ruben Foster because he's not going to be there. So nobody's going to be there. Um, so we need somebody that's going to take his place. So because, I'm saying, does that sway your opinion? Does it? Um, I, does I, I think it makes sense. Your opinion? I think it makes sense. But at the same time, I don't know. I think I'd still get Quentin Nelson. If I mean, let, let's say it this way: you say go defense. So of the of the two top best linebackers, which one would you take, Roquan Smith or Tremaine Edmonds? Roquan Smith. Why? Why him? Because of his ability to go north and south. But, okay, so okay, so you, you, you did a great thing. So you posed the question back to me. So what would I do? So now I'm the GM of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm on the clock, ninth pick of the draft, and I've got these three players available to me. Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds. So what does Rudy Salisa III do? You know what I do? Can you guess? What, what, what do you do? You pick defense. Quentin, Quentin Nelson, baby. Guard. What? Quentin Nelson. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep, I do. I go guard. After everything I 
<laughs> After everything I just told you, I go guard. <laughs> you know why? Because when you have a quarterback at the level of Jimmy Garoppolo, you do not let him get touched by anybody on the defensive side. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A quarterback is the most important position in football. It is the most, it's the hardest position to play in all of American sports. It's harder than anything in baseball, harder than anything in basketball, harder than anything in football. It is the hardest position to play in all of American sports. And when you have a quarterback like Jimmy G, that is that, that transcendental. And you have, he's got a situation where, you know, people are talking about, oh, well, you know, I mean, you know, the Niners might regress. Bullshit. Let me tell you why the Niners are not going to regress. All right, let me get on my high horse right now. Here we go. Goldcast Nation, listen up. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo in the first game of the year was like playing with, what, 30 plays? He's had an entire offseason to memorize everything Kyle Shanahan has got. And not only that, Kyle Shanahan has had an entire offseason to develop a whole new offensive system based on Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths. And not only that, you now have Jarek McKinnon up in that bitch. And he can do way much, way more than Carlos Hyde. So what's that going to bring? The, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. The offense that we laid out last year, you can kiss that goodbye. Because that's not going to be the offense that we have this season. Not even close. You're not even going to recognize what's happening in the offense this season. So the five tapes, the five games you have of Jimmy Garoppolo, great, sure, yeah, whatever. Look at him, study him, whatever. That's not going to be what's there later. And in my opinion, when you have a player like Jimmy G, and you said it, Raymond, when it's the draft, you get the best player available. And we're talking Quentin Nelson. He might not just be the best player available. He might be the best player in the entire draft. And you shore up at least one side of that line and you basically lock it down so that nobody touches Jimmy G on that side and you let Jimmy G do his thing on the other side? I'm sorry. You go Quentin Nelson. That's it. I'm off my soapbox. What do you think? I think that's fine. <laughs> I think that's perfect. And the other thing, can, <laughs> the, the, the other thing they can to consider too is that Tremaine uh, Edmonds and Roquan Smith are not, you know, the only bees knees in the linebacker category. There's other players, you know, that you can take that still have, you know, good stat sheets, you know, worth taking a, a gamble on. You know, whether they're first round or they fall in the second round. There's ton, there's tons of them. You know, go go to. Uh, UFL, uh, UFL. Uh, go to USA Today. They have a, a huge list that uh, they put out just a week ago. You know, naming all the top linebacker prospects in the NFL. You know, there's there's more than just Roquan Smith and Tremaine Edmonds, Not, and they're terrific. Don't get me wrong; those two guys are terrific. But there's other choices too that the Niners might have access to with the the rest of their picks. So we'll just have to see if it lines up and someone you know makes a good fit that's if they go with our scenario you know if the giants don't pick quentin nelson i i I laid out a very specific scenario they pick him i would i would expect them to pick quarterback before quentin nelson in my opinion but everyone seems to think that i'll 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 be honest I'll, i'll be honest i agree i think at this point honestly at this point 
having said all that, all that big tirade I just went through, I think they probably go linebacker. <laughs> they probably are. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. They, I, you know why? Because their hand is forced. Like the Niners' hand is forced. Ruben yeah. Foster's gone. He's done. Let it go. Let it go. It, it, uh, 49er faithful, let it go. You know what? It's like that moment in Indiana Jones' Last Crusade in that, at the end of the movie when Dr. Jones, uh, Dr. Jones is holding Indy, you know, uh, played by Sean Connery. So Sean Connery's, you know, Indiana Jones' dad. And he's holding Indiana Jones' hand. And he's almost falling. Uh, like they're holding onto a cliff. And Indiana Jones is reaching for for the cup of Christ. He's trying to grab the cup that apparently Jesus drank from at the Last Supper, Last Supper, and he's reaching for it. And and Doctor Jones goes, "Indy, let it go, let it go." And that's how I feel about Quentin Nelson. Hey, hey, Fortnite and Faithful, let it go, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> he's not going to be there. <laughs> Quentin Nelson's not going to be there. And, and not only that, but Ruben Foster has tipped our hand. He's forced us into a position where we have to address it. And at the end of the day, it is the most important position we should. I, lo- I love how now, like 10 minutes later, I'm like completely going against everything I just said. It's the position that we have to address the most. Like it's the we don't have a Jimmy Garoppolo on the defensive side. We need somebody on that side. Who's going to be that guy that's going to step up? Who's going to be the guy that's going to read the defenses? Who's going to be the leader that's going to tell the rest of the team where the ball's going? That's going to drive the defense and make well, it happen. I that's what Patrick they, Willis they would did. Have been that's what Navarro Bowman did. If, if, if Foster had not gotten into any trouble and everything was hunky-dory, I think they would have been leaning offense with the first-round pick. But, you know, with the Foster 100%. thing, it seems like a no-brainer. Like a no-brainer in a negative way. You know, because like we have because we don't have a choice. Yes, there, he's yes. not gonna he's not yes. gonna be there for okay, Ray, a so, minimum of six games. So you need somebody because Brock yes, Coyle's not gonna exactly. get it done. Oh, he's serviceable, but I ain't gonna have him with Brock Coyle, boy. Yeah. All right, so Goldcast Nation, I want we we are hitting this scenario to to you. I want to know. We want to know. You are the GM of the San Francisco 49ers, and guess what? All three of the 49ers' top picks have landed on your lap. Quentin Nelson, the guard out of Notre Dame. Roquan Smith, linebacker out of Georgia. Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker out of Virginia. Who do you pick? Who do you pick and why? I want to hear why. Who's right? Am I right? Is Ray right? I mean, we're. I, I threw out so many scenarios that I, we're talking about, you know, if you get... Quentin Nelson, we're talking about, okay, so then we we shore up the offense against that crazy L.A. Rams defense. If we get Smith or Edmonds, then now we have an attacker to get towards Gurley or Jared Goff. Who, who do you pick and why? Let us know. I'll tell you where to go. Go on to Facebook.com slash the Goldcast or go to YouTube.com slash the Goldcast. YouTube.com slash the Goldcast. The... the uh, the comments over there are crazy. Would you agree with that, Ray? Like that's they're ridiculous over there. They are. They get, yeah. So involved. go there. Yeah. Let us know. There's some get super involved. Fans okay. There. So we have so if we you have want to talk like, to the super fans. That's who they are. That's where they are. One hundred percent. Okay. So we have like four minutes left, and and we we literally took up the entire thirty minutes breaking down this scenario, uh, which I didn't expect. Warriors Spurs. 
Warriors go down. They lose the game today. I'm going to tell you a couple different things. First of all, that fourth quarter was ridiculous. I mean, what the hell was going on? The, the, the Warriors got desperate. They went into this like ISO hero ball bullshit that never works. They and But credit to the Spurs defense. The Spurs defense was smothering, smothering the Golden State Warriors. Either way, this is a game we should have won. We didn't win. Are you worried? How do you feel about now the 3-1 spot that we're in? I'm not worried at all because this, the the Warriors just got complacent and the Spurs had been streaky and lethargic for three straight games. So the Warriors were not anticipating that they were just going to, you know, all of a sudden come out rejuvenated. But I think it's it's a little annoying because you, you had to think that the Warriors, I mean the Warriors, the Spurs being who they are and being who they're coached by, although even though he's not with the team right now, would show some some sort of sense of urgency. Although I think the Warriors thought that it was kind of kind of be probably reminiscent of what they saw the previous three games, where they would have moments, moments when they would do really well, but ultimately the Warriors would just be too much for them. But in this case, they kind of held their ground for four straight quarters versus before when they would do it like in the first quarter and then the third quarter and then they would disappear in the second and the fourth or vice versa. So I think that's kind of what happened. So the Warriors kind of it's 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 more embarrassing than anything else because all the Spurs have it, it was a pride game for the Spurs. They're like, uh, you know, we're the old team, we're the old dynasty, you know, on our way out, on our last leg. Tony Parker's, you know, uh, another, you know, he he's he's another game away from you know. Ginobili was off the hook tonight. He was off the hook tonight. Yeah, well, Ginobili's Ginobili's interesting, and he plays off the bench, which is why I think he he has better bursts better burst of of play of good play than tony parker does at this point because parker's started most of the time and um you know tony parker needs to you know go to his nba casket you know ginobili i think could probably play another year who knows coming off the bench. <laughs> you never know with ginobili they're, they're they're both like 75 years old and there's you know they have moments but i think for they started playing basketball for, raymond in 1959 yes they did uh, before the Warriors even won their first championship in 75, which would be, you know, 15 years later, almost 15 years later, 16 years later. So I think, you know, for the Spur, for the Spurs, it was a pride game. They didn't want to get swept. They didn't want to get embarrassed in their home court. So, you know, they went all out and it, you know, it proved to be a winning effort, literally. So the Warriors got embarrassed. Now they're going to come back to home on Tuesday, which is, I'd st- I didn't necessarily want them to do that because I feel like the Pelicans are playing with a lot of momentum right now. So perhaps making the Pelicans wait a little bit is a good thing because it kind of will kill some of the fire that they've got into them. And maybe they'll come out a little, a little rusty. So to say. they'll have like some little bit of hangover from being forced to wait after playing so well against the third seat, knocking out the third seat Blazers with little to no effort. But then again, I feel like the Blazers, the Blazers are, the Blazers do not play as – the Blazers are not as good as their seeding would suggest. So – and the Pelicans are a little bit more dynamic. They have – No, they're I like the Toronto they, Raptors. It's not – it's not actually – I think their star – I think the star power in Anthony Davis is better than the star power in the Blazers, although I do like their backcourt. I think their backcourt's great. I think Dame Lillard, Lillard is, a, is a really good player. I don't think he's quite – He's not quite the level of, you know, he's like a poor man's Curry in a lot of ways. 
not to say that's a bad thing, but you know, it's it's not necessarily great either. So, but I think the Warriors are going to bounce back on Tuesday. That's that's ultimately what I'm alluding to. The Warriors are going to bounce back Tuesday. It's an embarrassing loss for them, so they're going to come back Tuesday really strong. Spurs are going to get embarrassed. It's going to be a, a double-digit loss, and you know, it's that's it's going to be what it should have been today. But oh well. But ultimately, I think it's a good thing because it'll help. It'll force the Pelicans to you know cool off, and it will. You know, it means that the series is delayed, which means that Curry, you know, Curry's going to get some more healing time because it looks like he needs it anyways. So I, I, I that's what I, that's my. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to say this about Curry. That's a, that's a great positive take. I'm going to say this on Curry. Um, Goldcast Nation, don't expect him back till the Western Conference Finals. I, 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 I thought it was really weird because initially when this whole thing went down. Everybody was reporting that Steph Curry was not coming back till the Western Conference Finals. And now they're saying, oh, it might be delayed. He's not going to be here for the second round. Duh. I mean, they said that from the beginning. I was like, I, I don't know. That to me was like some like Bleacher Report, like uh, just uh, clickbait bullshit. Because from the beginning, they said he wasn't going to be here till the Western Conference Finals. So then they're like, oh, well, he's not going to be able to make the second round. Oh, he's going to be late. What do you mean late? He was scheduled to not be here till the Western Conference Finals. So I don't understand how him not being here for the second round is going to make him late. Oh, I get it. You're just trying to get a thousand likes on your article. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you have no right talent. Am I right so on you're that? Going, you're, going, you're going for the sensational clickbait. Right? I mean, I'm not crazy, right? We all saw that when he first went down, that they were saying he was not coming back till the Western Conference Finals. I'm not crazy on that, right? No, I think they're going to be more diligent in bringing him back, you know, because the last time he came back prematurely, they ended up losing the Finals, and he wasn't 100%. You know, even though he looked great in those few games against the Rockets, you know, ultimately he was not able to really kind of – he was not himself, by the time he got to the finals and even in the Western conference finals, he wasn't himself. So I think they're going to be a little bit more yeah, conservative no, now because all. they have Kevin Durant. So you've, and the, the, the bigs have been playing great. Um, JaVale McGee's been excellent on the defensive end. JaVale McGee's and been amazing. K- Kavon He's been Looney, amazing. This, that guy can guard anybody. Right. That's what's crazy about him. He's guarding the smalls. He's guarding the bigs. It doesn't make a difference. He's playing like he's not had double hip surgery. So I feel really happy for him, too, because I felt like the double hip surgery. Was Brother, Looney like and McGee veteran. have been off the hook. Yeah, so I think they're great. So they, they've been earning their playing time, and I feel like they're they're giving us a, a, a much-needed spark, and they're a better matchup against the teams we've been playing, which is why, if in case some of you are wondering, which is why we have not seen Zaza. Um, not that it's a bad thing. Zaza is great at passing and he's great at setting screens, but we get more we get more dynamic defense uh, in the paint with the with Javale the Javale Kavan Looney combination. And in Kavan Looney's case, he we gives do. us an, a crazy dynamic um, in the defensive uh, second units because he can guard the smalls as well as the bigs. Yeah. 100%. Can we talk, Raymond, just real quick? And we got to go because we're like way over time. But can we just talk about how fucking great the NBA playoffs have been this year? It's 
it's the best. So last year, last year was great if you're a Cavaliers fan or a Golden State Warriors fan. <laughs> there's, there's only two teams that the that the playoffs were great for. If you're a Warriors fan, last year was amazing. If you're a Cavs fan, last year was amazing. Well, almost till we smoked you. Uh, but the NBA playoffs right now have been incredible. Like literally, just nonstop action. The Sixers. What did I tell you on text? What did I tell you on text two weeks ago? What about the Sixers, though? What did I tell you? Look at where they're at now. Come on. You kind of believe in the Sixers a little bit right now, right? A little bit. I just need to see more. I need to see more. They're still young. I mean, they're dynamic and they're great. They're playing with a lot of heart. <laughs> they I are. I still need more. I still need more. But I think I think. But if they're kind of hot. They're fun to watch. If you're if you're from Philadelphia, if you're in Philadelphia, you've got to feel really excited. You just won a Super Bowl. Your basketball team's in the playoffs, and they're playing great. They've got you know two future Villanova stars that one a lot March of people Madness. are projecting are going to be you know the two next you know great players of their era. So I think there's a lot to be excited about in Philadelphia overall. You know, you guys are coming off of a huge win. So oh, the the Phillies are playing great baseball right now. The Philadelphia Flyers and the NHL are playing great right now, so things are hot right now. I think Philadelphia's seen a Ray, a surgence, a resurgence like the Bay Area right now. But Ray, Ray, there's only, only one. Only difference is we have more one rings. city. Ray, there's only one city that's been to seven championships in this decade <laughs> that already has a baseball dynasty that's already on the verge. Of a basketball dynasty that's been to a Super Bowl, that's been to more NFC championships than any other team because we're always one game away from the Super Bowl. There's only one city that has brought the heat, has brought the fucking bolitos. I gotta edit that whole thing out. (laughs) (laughs) From to professional sports, and that's San Francisco. San Francisco 49ers, SF Giants, Golden State Warriors. Let's go. Nobody touches us this decade. Not even close, Philly. You got one Super Bowl? That's nice. You got one March Madness? No one cares. We don't play college basketball in San Francisco. Did they win March Madness? Talk to us when you got through. Who's the college? Yeah, Villanova. Villanova's there. Villanova. Yeah. You know what, Ray? Even I didn't know that. <laughs> I found out later. Maybe if I maybe if but I guess gave what? a shit about NCA, that would have meant something. <laughs> Raymond, we don't watch the boys play basketball. We watch the pros. We got two NBA finals. We're on that quest for that third for that dynasty. We already have a dynasty in baseball and we have a Super Bowl appearance and three NFC championships in a row. Get at us. This ain't Boston. This is San Francisco. Let's go. Rain, before we go, why don't you let them know where can they find you? You can find me on twitter.com slash the goldcast. You can also find me on Instagram at raysolis1. Hey, the Giants won a series this weekend. That was something, too. We finally did. We were going to talk about that, but that was like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) We ran out of time, and there's 162 games, so we're not missing much. We're not missing much. The offense is great. Uh, the pitching sucks. Well, the p- the we'll pitching was great. I th- well, I thought the pitching um, so, was really good this weekend. Samarja and Cueto were awesome. Hey, but the offense is good, right? The offense is pretty pretty good right now. 
Yeah, they're they pretty have good. Moments. And they have moments. Eva Longoria is finally starting to come alive. Yeah, there's there's still speaky right now. Way more moments like than we're used to. Pitching's great. The back end's terrible, and the the offense is still gelling. I feel I feel like it's still it's still gelling. But still gelling, swelling. but 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 better than we've seen in years. Mm-hmm. This is like a this is like a one o two o team, and they're finally putting up like five, six, seven runs, which we haven't seen basically this entire decade. They're right where they need to be. They need to be. You know, some people are like, "Oh, they're six games back." I'm like, "Who gives a shit?" It's still like April, so you shouldn't April. care about any of that crap in April. They're they're only three games away from Dodgers. Aren't doing well That's either. Exactly. Dodgers are ten and ten. Dodgers are exactly where they need to be, in my opinion, uh, in, in this part of the season. You know the teams that are like sixteen and four, sixteen and seven. Watch those teams cool off in, in the summertime. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yeah, I, let, I let's would, let's I let's check in with cool with off. Houston and July. Yeah, and Boston as well. Exactly. Let's see. A, but uh, I do I do kind of like watching Stanton stumble because that guy rejected the Giants trade. And I was kind of offended by that. I'm like, really, Stanton? That oh, you're great. too good for I the like Giants? I love the fact that New York booed the shit out of him. I was like, that's what you get. Congratulations, you have asshole fans. Oh, that's what, that's what I'm talking th- In a heartbeat. I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, 100%. 100%. All right. So you can find me on Instagram, Rudy Solis 3, Rudy Solis 3, and then on Twitter, Rudy Solis 3RD. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co host, Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.